Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolette Bible Institute. And today we have Adam with us. He is the RA for the Nicolette Bible Institute guys this year. What does that mean? What do you, what does an RA do? What does RA stand for? Uh, so RA stands for resident assistant. So that means I will live in the dorm with the guys and I help them with their spiritual walk if they have any homework questions i make sure that they're keeping everything clean in the dorm um, also i work well with the girls a resident assistant and i help out with the girls in the way of we schedule events for the students um, we make sure that they're doing you know just general maintenance around they're not you know doing just random stuff as teenagers okay so you're you're kind of giving them their freedom but watching over their freedom so that their freedom stays free Pretty much, I would say, because yeah. <laughs> it's like you're watching them and you're making sure they're not, you know, being a teenager. So right. it's like you want to make sure that they're living for what they should be here and the reason why they came here, which is not, you know, to do whatever, right. spend all their money, um, right. stuff like that. So so there's a lot of levels when somebody comes. I mean, everybody's at a different point. Some are more mature. Some are less mature. Some this is the first time they've gone out of their home. I mean, they've lived at home through high school now this is the first time out and uh you become the kind of friend guidance helper confidant we in other words the, the the kids who come here aren't abandoned when they come they're, they're actually somebody watching over them at several different levels so each student has a, a mentor each student has an ra and they're being watched over so you were a student here uh last year and uh, now an ra yep yes i was student so, last year and it's something you recommend those that are listening, should they consider Nicolet Bible Institute? I would say they should consider it. Um, it's one year of your life. It's not like it's going to take away. Of course, it turned into two for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I loved it so much yeah. that I stayed another year. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you really, you come for a year. You you give over your life to serve for the Lord. And what better can you do than serve God every day without any kind of um, hate toward you or anything like that? And you get to learn more more about just Jesus more in depth with the homework and stuff like that. And I think it's a great experience. And again, So if there's somebody in high school right now, they're thinking about the future, if some parents are listening or maybe they're listening, what would you tell them? Here's what you need to work on so that next year you could be more successful. Here's something you need to know about. you have anything that just pops into your head when I say that? I would say when you're, if you become a student here at MBI, one thing that I think a lot of people struggle with is when they're here is that they don't want to give their all. Um, they kind of cheapskate a lot of the stuff that with the homework or even the service attitude, all that stuff. I think when you're here, and yes, you have homework that is on top of your service, so sometimes I think people get frustrated with both of those. But I think if you give your all for the servitude, I think you can have a great time here, no matter okay. what. Now, is that, a, is that a, a cultural thing, you think, or is that... I think it's... Um, See, I'm not super old, but when I was growing up, it felt like you worked. And when you worked, you had a good attitude. You didn't complain. Um, you just did what needed to be done. And as I've gotten older, I've seen my little brother get older. And he's around that age now where it seems like a lot of people, yeah, they work, but they, they hate doing it. And it's stuff like that. And they just don't want to they don't want to do what needs to be done, especially right. with students here. Some of them are, were all homeschooled most of their life. Right. So they're not, they didn't necessarily maybe 
see a lot of aspects that so they didn't have they a schedule have. necessarily uh, right now some homeschoolers do we homeschooled our kids and they were very scheduled so it just depends on yeah and the ironic part is both our kids ended up in schools one's a teacher one's a social worker <laughs> and they're both in schools so uh, i mean sometimes life turns left when you think it's going right somewhere but correct um interesting time i i think if if you are a young person today and you're trying to figure out what to do in life there are a couple things you need to identify that you need to do regardless of what you do. I know that sounds like a bunch of words <laughs> <laughs> somehow. Yeah. But you need to learn who God is. You need to learn the Bible. You need to learn to die to yourself and serve. Those are things you are made to do. So if you're not doing them, you're going to be miserable. And, and or, I was talking to an, another guy my age today about the importance of preventing problems in education rather than doing remedial work now remedial meaning obviously if you're not you know listening to the words but remedial means something didn't work so we have to go back and fix it where prevention means you don't have the problem in the first place remedial work is always so expensive so time consuming it's unbelievable for example for me to work with somebody who's a drug addict is far more difficult than working with somebody who never had a drug problem but is thinking about having a drug problem. How do you think about having a drug problem anyway? But anyway, you know what I mean. Right. Or an alcoholic. Dealing with somebody before they start drinking and they never develop into an alcoholic is far easier than working with an alcoholic because the time, the money, the energy that's put forth into remediation is unbelievable. But you know why we don't do that often? It's because you can't measure prevention. You can't measure it. And people love to have things measured. So it's like, how many people uh, do you know that you saved from uh, being alcoholics? Well, <laughs> there were eight people who came who were alcoholics, and we helped all of them. Good. But there were 4,000 that never became alcoholics. How do you know that? I don't know that. However... Your wise investment in life is always on the preventive side. It isn't on the remedial side. Um, for those that are listening and think I just said you shouldn't have the remedial side, I didn't. I just said prevention is the way to go. And if I were a gazillionaire, which I'm not, but if I was, I would put my resources into preventative programs all the time. And we hope Nicolay Bible Institute is a preventative program. We hope that people come there. They're coming in, you know, from a culture, from a world. How do we help them so that down the road they, they serve well, they work hard, they're responsible people that you would actually like to work with? So what's interesting here is as young people come and they face their first year of college, um, they all have an idea in mind some come because parents make them mm -hmm. you ever meet any of those that come because parents say that's what's next you're doing this oh yeah i've met a lot of those those kind of students and my parents never told me that but i felt the pressure to go to college right yep. after high school on um, big mistake for me to be honest okay let me let me ask you this what, why should somebody go to college or not go to college what what are your thoughts your age how old are you uh i'll turn 22 next month okay so why should somebody go to college or not go to college? In my day, it was like an automatic. You never even asked that question. Mm -hmm. You went to college. Right. And some of us learned you went to college, 
you paid the bill, you got out, you did something you weren't even related to in college. So right. it's like, especially if you were a philosophy major, we st- I still don't know what philosophy majors do <laughs> for a living. I know all of you philosophy majors are going to write me now. That's fine. But I don't know what you do with a philosophy major. You sit there and, you know, at the base of an oak tree and think or something. And, and, but you got to find somebody to pay you to do it. So I'm not, I'm not 100% sure mm-hmm. what you do. So what is the value, as you think in your age bracket, what's the value of going to college or the value of not going to college? I would say, I don't know. I guess for me personally, the value of going to college, since I only went to MBI really for a year, because I actually dropped out of three colleges um, okay. before I even came to Okay, why'd you drop out? I was not ready. Okay. Not ready at all. By that, it means you weren't um, ready because you didn't want to learn, or you what, what was, was the not ready part? I was ready to learn. I just I'm not a big fan of school, to be honest with you. Um, I missed my family because the ones that I picked, the colleges, were far away, and I didn't appreciate that. Um, I also was just not ready to pay off so much student loans. I was not, yeah, didn't have a lot of money for that, uh, and I just felt not prepared, to honestly, spiritually, um, quite yet. To, didn't know how to handle it by myself without my parents, you know, helping me out along okay. the way. So I think that's why. And then when I came to MBI, then it was very different. Um, I'm in a very different atmosphere, and I'm not super far away from home. Uh, so it was very different, but... And you don't get student loans. For, <laughs> this is yeah, very yeah, true. Yeah. And um, this with like, of reasons why to go to college, I think a lot of people could have a lot of different reasons um, if they want to get their degree, if they really, really want to go do something. Let's say someone really wants to be a doctor then I would say go to college. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> because you can't really do it without going yeah, to college. Yeah, just don't listen to grandma in the back room. This right. is the YouTube education on how to do, you know, appendicitis are not, you yeah. Know, I mean, yeah, yeah. But, like, there's so much nowadays where you can go to a job and you can learn in your field. Like, my little brother right now, he's working in a field. He was going to go to school for welding and fabricating, but he found a job where he's doing that there now. So he didn't even, he's not even going to go to school right now. So And then my grandpa as well, when he was growing up, he learned all how he had to do just by working on a farm. And sure. he built his house from, like, the ground up by himself because he just learned that. And he was he was good at it and stuff like that, but he didn't go to college to learn any of that stuff. Right. So I think there's a lot of gifts that God can give you to where you really don't need to go to college to actually take a degree and say you went to college and I have a master's in this. Um there's a lot of places nowadays that honestly will take you if you breathe because there's so many people who are not working right now. Right. So I'm. I don't so know. part of it's cultural. I mean, part of it is the the job market's pretty good. Yeah. But I think there's some other philosophical things that you talked about there that I think are valid to address. You know, I mean, honestly, do you really need a four year degree to learn to be a welder? Not really. Or or did the colleges? create programs where they said you needed to learn welding from us so that there's a two-step process instead of a single step yeah i think there's a lot of colleges that give you that opportunity to want to go and they make it seem like it'd be the greatest decision of your life four years later you're hundred hundred thousand dollars in debt and you're like well i could have done this you know working with my friend who offered it like five years ago yeah. instead of going to school for it when I literally learned probably nothing, but you right. know. Now, some people say, well, you miss out on the social socialization or whatever of a college. Uh, is that worth $100,000 or can you be social apart from that? You could be social apart from that. Um, 
I feel that a little bit. I was I want one of my main things out of high school when I wanted to go to college was really just find my future wife, which I still have not found. Okay. But <laughs> okay, we're taking applications, <laughs> so you can send your applications to us, and we'll get them to Adam, and then he can go from there. Go on. But that was that was more of a selfish uh, ambition, I would say. I wasn't really looking for what I should be looking for when I go to college. I would agree. But um, <laughs> <laughs> now that the fact that like I went to MBI for a year, I found a lot of friends, and I honestly wasn't really looking for them. And they just kind of started popping up, and I was like, oh, these, yeah. these people are great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I So I found my friends. Right. And it was a one-year Bible college where there was only like 26 of us in the class. Yeah. I didn't have to go to a school with 10,000 people. Right. So I don't know. Well, plus, you and I became friends. I didn't know you really before you came, and, and I mentored you last year, and we're working together this year, and now we're doing this. And, you know, it's fun for me to watch a young person grow and develop and become who God wants them to become. Now, in a in a bigger college setting, you you might miss that. In a class of a thousand, you know, you might miss yep. th- that kind of interaction with the professors or the older. There, there's a value to having older people around you that you can talk to. Yeah. Not just not because they're right, by the way, but because of the perspective that they bring, and everyone brings perspective to the table. I I think one of the now I have my master's in education, so here I am, somebody who's been in the system who's kind of outside the system, fighting the system. But I, I believe in education, but I believe there's certain things you need to be educated in and certain things and certain methods that need to be employed. If I could get all the Christian businessmen together, businessmen, businesswomen, I would encourage them to take interns with the idea of, you know, pay them a regular salary, take them in, and teach them the trade with certain expectations. So let's say you wanted to be a welder. I'd say, okay, I will teach you. I will spend five years teaching you to be the best welder in the world. You submit to me, I'll do it. <laughs> now, but what I expect from you is at least five years in return of service. So you'll be here 10 years. Yeah. But I will train you. And after your obligation, you want to stay, there's going to be a spot for you here. You want to go start your own company after 10 years, go start your own company. But I'm training you, and that's my goal and in the process, I get 10 years of productivity. You know, now a lot of people are afraid that they sign no competition clauses and that kind of thing. So it's like, well, no, the goal is, you know, if I'm, if I'm helping you learn everything there is about welding and I'm paying you a decent salary and I'm giving you all the opportunities you need, why would you leave in the first place? You know, and it, you could leave. I mean, you could say, well, I just want to run my own company. Okay, then I need to be respectful of that even. Yeah. Because whether you get trained at school or not, you'll still go start your own company. So it, it, now, though you're a friend, yeah, you started your own company. I have a company that does the same thing. Now we're working together at times on projects because you're going to get overwhelmed or I am. And I, who am I going to kick people to when I can't get to them? Yeah. You know, I'm going to, well, this guy can do it. Who are you going to, this guy can do it. Well, you both know each other and what you can do. Yeah. Um, in fact, the other day I was meeting with a, a contractor. And I was really pleased with a guy who did something in my house. And he goes, well, give me his number. Okay, that's how it works. You yeah. know, I mean, this guy could use help. How about this guy? That, And, and networking becomes a, a great thing. And I think in college what happens is we, we've isolated young people. We put them in a position where they learn in theory what they're supposed to do. We, we try and make it look like they're learning on the job. Yeah. 
So we'll send them out and say, well, you need to work by a welder for, you know, a half a day, a week, for five weeks, and yeah. you'll know how they do it. But we're not giving them the real-life experiences. And, and, and it's almost as if the educational system has designed something to where they keep their profits going. So you need to be a part of this in order to be successful. And now, for example, when I went to school in four years, you got a degree and I got my teaching certificate. Yep. Now it takes five. Mm -hmm. Well, I understand in order to be a teacher, you need some kind of education. I, I get it. Mm -hmm. But not education necessarily in the system of education. I need to know how to teach math. I need to know how to teach science to children in an, in an age of discovery like we have now. With, I mean, those are the things I need to learn is how can I do these things and be effective at as, as teaching? And, um, and through the years now, I've been teaching for 40 years. That's still my passion. So how, do you, how do you actually do it? I want you to love God, walk with God. So my question is, how do I do it? See, that, that's the question. And the day that you do it on your own, that you can do it without me or without the Nicolay Bible Institute or Silver Birch Ranch, I should rejoice. Mm -hmm. Because you have done what we set out to do. And all of the mistakes that could have been made that you didn't make, we'll never know about. Yeah. And so we can't even brag about being successful because we have no idea that we're successful because we can't have any problems to look back on that could have been there that aren't there right now. And and yet that's kind of the dilemma that I see the educational system in. Yeah. Someone like yourself, um, what is it? It, you know, what is it you want to do long term? I mean, what, what what ideas do you have now? You've been in the Clay Bible Institute one year. You're RA now. What do you what do you say, boy? Five years from now, I'd like to see this. So growing up, I think it was it's always been revolved revolved around working with kids somehow. Um, for a while, it was I wanted to be a director of Christian education, which in a church setting I'd be in charge of you know, uh, youth groups, VBS, Sunday school, stuff like that. Sure. Um, which then it changed a little bit after I worked at my first summer camp, which um, when I worked there, I was just a volunteer for three years, and then I was counselor for a summer, and I loved it. And then I came to MBI, Silver Birch, and I work all year long, or serve all year long, and then we get to serve during the summer um, as part of wherever position you're in. And I think it's changed now in the last two years where I want to work in camp ministry. Okay. So I would love to work in some kind of a camp setting okay. um, long term. Well, that'd be nice. Yeah. Well, that, that's what happened to me when I grew up. I, I saw the effectiveness of camping with actually, you know, you can work with young people and have a tremendous impact on them in so many different ways. I mean, yeah. you, you came here, you weren't into horses before you came here. Now <laughs> you're into horses all the time. Yep. I... Never ridden a horse, never really seen seen them, you know, from far away, from like the Amish folk and sure. stuff like that. But then I come here, I visited. When I visited, I saw, I was like, oh, this place has horses? What? That's crazy. And then, <laughs> it's crazy. And yeah. then I'm working with them all the time, and I love riding them, and I'm yeah. starting to learn even like small knowledge about them, and it's, it's fantastic. You know, here's the fun part. That's how education should take place. You would never know you'd have an interest in horses unless you go to a place where you could have an interest in horses. Exactly. Now, there are some that come here that get repelled by the horses. <laughs> you know, I mean, they yeah. come, ew, animal, you know. Yeah. 
Uh, I used to uh, take care of the horses for many years here, and there were people who would go sit at the other end of the table when I came in because <laughs> I smelled like a horse. Of course, yep. our old habits were different. We didn't, you know, we I kept the same pair of clothes in the corner and used them for two weeks before, oh, yeah. you know, you wash them yep. so they could kind of stand up on their own. Yep. And uh, so you smelled a little bit. I, I'll give them that. My boots. Yeah. This summer were real, real ripe every day. Yeah. <laughs> ripe boots. That's something. You got, you got horse manure. You got, I mean, unbelievable. But the joy I had from kids who would come out and, and scream with delight over the horse wiggling their skin because a, a fly was on it. Yep. You know, the fun of seeing people who have never seen horses. Yep. Touch one. And 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 wonder if they're going to die when the horse stops <laughs> its foot, you know. And yeah. but they're kids, and they're just experiencing life in these areas for the first time. Uh, and when you're in camping ministry, you know, I've gotten to do that with a water ski boat. I've gotten to do that with a climbing wall, or a, you know, I haven't done it with a zip line necessarily, but I've watched others do it with the yeah. zip line. Uh, you have, I think, you got put on that. I did it one weekend, yeah, zip line. There you go. Uh, archery or or riflery or I, I mean just those things that uh, accomplishment that can happen in, in a kid's life that they're not doing on a day-to-day basis allows them to begin to get grounded in in the world in which they live today i'm i'm concerned because uh, education and life has taken on so many um uh, video qualities or yeah. or what it fake qualities or whatever it might yeah. be so a child instead of ever really shooting a like a BB gun, watched people shoot guns. Yep. And and that's their experience. Mm-hmm. Instead of ever firing a uh, a bow and arrow, you know, it, putting the arrow in, they've watched it. And that's been the extent of their experience. Yeah. Well, we have to change that. They need to have a bow in their hand and turn the media stuff off. Yep. Um, because not, not that I hate YouTube, I'm just saying that's not where you experience life. You need to go out and experience life. You need to go out in the woods. You need to get dirty. You need to get mosquito ridden. <laughs> you, you need to get all of the things. You need to sit around a campfire and make s'mores. Yeah. it was. There was one time when I was counseling, and I had a group of kids that were uh, third, fourth graders. And one of the fourth graders, who was particular, you could tell he was more social media ended. He liked his phone. And there would their phones are not allowed at camp when right. they're there for that week. So, and he was talking about it, his, his Snapchat streaks that all these people were, you know, probably blowing up his phone and he didn't have it. And he was upset that he couldn't have it. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, we're outside right now about to do this activity that I planned out for them. My co planned out and we we're going to have so much fun. And he was talking about all this. And I was just like, I was like, come on, was, you got to enjoy it. You're in the North woods right now. You got to enjoy it not worry about your phone yeah do you you know that all addictions do that they rob you from the moment yeah because all you're thinking about is i need this i need to go find this i don't care what alcohol drugs yeah snapchat you know (laughs) whatever it might be yeah uh addictions do that to you the other thing i was wondering if you knew um i don't know all the stats on but i was reading the other day uh, about all of the craziness of environmental things that you and i are just not aware of for example, uh, I think I might have shared this with him. I'm not sure. Ants, they can't see. Okay. So they do everything by smell. Yeah. All right. Now, if you could imagine, if you could do everything by smell, mm-hmm. 
You and I don't have that in our brain at all. Yeah. But ants do. I know you like smelling your food, but you're not an ant. <laughs> so what, what's interesting is is that some scientists have taken a smell. That there's a certain smell that the ant give off when they die, you know. So they took that smell and they put it on a live ant. And the other ants came and carried them to where they pile all the dead bodies. Hmm. And, the, and the ant that was alive was still wiggling and everything. But it didn't matter. They had the smell of death. Yep. So they're going there. Yeah. And they dumped it off there. They also took, uh, when ants go to f- uh, find food, I guess, they go and there's a, they put a, a smell trail to the food. Mm-hmm. And so they put this smell trail in a circle. Okay. And the ants walk themselves to death. Oh. <laughs> well, they can't see. That's, I How guess. do they know they're going in a circle? <laughs> That's you, true. You know, so they just kept going and going and going because eventually that, that smell was supposed to end up at food. Oh, okay. So however far it was, they were willing to walk. Yeah. But eventually it ended up nowhere. It's kind of like the NASCAR race. The, the first person <laughs> to get nowhere wins. Yeah. And and so the first ant that got nowhere won, you know, I guess. And then they had to smell and then they had to carry him away, I guess. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. And and guys who have hunted, you know, I hunt deer and guys who hunt deer will tell me that have studied the idea of scent, you know, um, that the deer will know how close you are by how, how many molecules or something of is in their sense wow. so they can tell how close you are by that so if it's a faint one they can tell you're that far away you're not a danger but if you're and i'm sitting there thinking i have no idea of these things no uh they were saying that the lights they put on the the, the towers that got destroyed on 9 11 yeah uh, once a year they put these blue lights up that just kind of commemorate it and when they do that i forget how many millions of birds die because they navigate, and that light throws them off. Oh wow! I no idea. That's that's uh, weird. Likewise, they were talking about how many communication towers are up, yeah. and how many every communication tower, how many birds it destroys, because of the sound waves and the and the patterns that the birds have. Like if a if a bird needs to fly from northern Wisconsin to Florida for migration. Mm-hmm. They actually calculate how much energy they need, and if they have to go around something, if they have to do something different, they're not going to make it. Well, who would ever think those those small, intricate things, you know? <laughs> Have that much knowledge? Yeah. I mean, you look at that and you go, now, here, here's why I mention that. You get people that need to go outside. They need to look up at night and see the stars. They need to realize their perspective is just that. It's only perspective. Yep. God is the only one that doesn't have perspective, so you can listen to him, but you need to discover who he is. And it's really hard to even see the stars because we have all this light that blocks it. Yep. So somehow you need to find a place that's really, really dark, <laughs> like a camp. Northwoods, yeah. And go up and just go out in the middle of the night, stare up in the sky and take a look. Because it is an awe-inspiring moment when you do that. And and don't look it up on the Internet and look at it. <laughs> it's not the same. No. I mean, there are some very cool pictures. I'll give you that. Yeah. And you know, you know what's funny, though? The minute you're, you're out looking at these amazing stars, you want to get your, your phone out and take a picture. Yep. It's like, stop it. Just enjoy the stars. Yep. And, and tomorrow night, come out and look at them again and the next night. So. 
Well, you've been listening to Younger Older. I'm Dave, your host here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch, and I'm with Adam, one of the Nicolay Bible Institute RAs this year. I invite you to go check out the site, silverbirchranch.org or nicolaybibleinstitute.org, and uh, join us as a student next year. Goodbye for now. <laughs>